Welcome to the Web3 Music Podcast. I'm Jake Abel, and I'm here to explore the different intersections of music, entertainment, crypto, and NFTs. Each episode, I interview an artist, creator, or builder who's pushing the envelope in music NFTs, artist tooling, community building, and more. In today's episode, I'm talking to Chris Hansberger, who does business development for our sponsor, Neon Ox. Neonox is a ticketing provider that's harnessing the power of blockchain and the GET protocol to change the events industry for the better. Using NFTs on the back end and a familiar, intuitive checkout funnel on the front end, ticket buyers can purchase 100% fraud-free tickets without any blockchain knowledge or experience. Neonox provides personal account managers for each client, and their platform has an integrated secondary market to eliminate scams. Event organizers can even factor in a royalty to these sales to get a cut of the secondary market action. They also have the ability to include a free NFT with each ticket so that interested fans can claim their digital collectible after each event and the event organizers can see which attendees are interested in Web3. To learn more about Neonox and how they can help improve your ticketing experience, visit neonox.io and mention this podcast on the contact form of their Start Selling page. You can also reach out to the Web3 Music Podcast on social media and we will help you schedule a demo of the platform. In my conversation with Chris, we talk about the company's pivot to Web3 technology after the pandemic, the benefits of NFT ticketing, music licensing and streaming in Web3, the seamless NFT-enabled secondary ticket market, onboarding people to their platform, and more. I hope you learned something new from today's episode. Here is Chris Hansberger. I've got a lot I want to talk about. I think NFT ticketing is probably my favorite use case of the technology and i think it has so many different layers to it so hopefully hopefully we can get into them all let's start with you and your position with neon ox so i've noticed you have like a bunch of different roles like do you have a specific title at neon ox i know you seem to wear a lot of hats (laughs) yeah so my name is chris and i do business development for neon ox and strategy um that's kind of the overarching role, but I also handle some operations in the way that that plays into, you know, developing the business as a whole, right? Also looking into some some marketing and and furthering education on NFT for for event organizers, ticket buyers, etc. Um, so that's really it. All boils down to that, but that's multifaceted role, right? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot of different a lot of different roles. So, are you one of the original co-founders of the company? Um, I am. So it's actually the hierarchy there is there's three managing partners, Todd, Greg, and Joe. And essentially after that comes down to me doing business development and operations. Um, and then we have we have Sol, um, who handles most of the the client management, account management, stuff like that. Um, we've got Natalie in marketing. They're a relatively small team still um, building. We are, we're coming out of the pandemic and, and we wanted to start a new brand. So actually the the kind of history behind Neon Ox, we used to be Mission Ticks here in Baltimore. And we've got about 21 years in the industry doing ticketing, um, as well as, you know, an array of multiple roles at at events, whether that's management or or just staffing gates, et cetera. Right. So we we're working towards building back up to um the volume that that we had prior to the pandemic and and building up you know, our, our internal staff and everything. Uh-huh. So what did you have going on before the pandemic? Like when did Mission Tick start and then where was it at when the pandemic hit? So Mission Tick started 21 years ago. So I guess that would be what, 2001, 2002. Mm, yeah. And yeah, we, 
I, I came into the company about seven years ago. Um, so before that, um, is, is history. I don't know too much about outside of the fact that, um, it's been Baltimore based the whole time. And, and we've had a wide array of, of different types of clients ranging from, um, bass music and EDM festivals, uh, bluegrass wine, wine festivals and different corporate galas. Um, so our, our experience, um, goes into, all different verticals within the event industry, right? Um, which makes us, I would say, experts at this point. And and yeah, we were basically Mission Ticks itself. We we had a pretty basic technology, I would say, at this point, being you know where we are now, facilitated most of your your standard ticketing needs um, without you know a ton of different bells and whistles that that differentiated the technology much, right? So when the pandemic happened. Um, and there was a lull in events um, and revenue kind of just stopped for most people in the event industry as a whole. Uh, we looked at the technology and what things we'd like to improve upon um, and where that could go when we decided to relaunch, you know, post pandemic. Right. So during that time, we did a bunch of research and we ended up kind of pivoting from maintaining our own site that we de we developed in house to leasing technology that's actually based on the blockchain from get protocol and we saw a ton of cool things there obviously the utility of of the nft within ticketing had a ton of of advantages but also uh it had a great a great user interface it was very modern um which was a big piece of what we wanted to do is like find a find a digital product that that looked great and and had you know a easy on-ramp for accessibility for people um, while also having some some robust robust technology under the hood. So when you were looking for new technology to reboot the business after COVID, were you looking like specifically for Web3 and NFT tech or you did research into a bunch of different avenues and then decided on the GET protocol because of the Web3 aspect? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So we looked at a ton of different technology. And we looked at maybe three different blockchain options. Um, Get ended up being really the only one that we saw as a viable option, mostly because they already had a, a fully functioning product that we could demo um, that was rolled out, not in the United States, um, but across the globe and in other areas. So we ended up being one of the first, first vendors here in the United States. Uh, but we looked at everything and and we found with most of the other options, the same general um, opinion about it that we had about our own old technology. Right. And we just decided that's not really much of a pivot to to continue on, you know, with the same same feelings about the, the tech. So it became obvious we wanted to do something a little bit more what we would say is niche. Right. But but also, you know, get protocol. They really sold us on the fact that it's an accessible product, right? So while while NFT and blockchain is something that not everybody is necessarily interested in, it's all under the hood. So whatever the features are, whatever the advantages of that technology are, people get to just experience, right, without having to know anything about it. Um, so we liked that about it. That, that made it become a big option for us. Ultimately, demoed the product, loved what we saw, and um, we were all in yeah, that's awesome. I definitely yeah. uh, like that part about how all the NFT and Web3 stuff is really on the back end of, you know, Neonox and Get Protocol. Like I've seen other ticketing 
like NFT ticketing platforms that are really pushing NFTs as the central part of it, which has a lot of interesting aspects of it, I think, but also is a lot harder to onboard people to like get protocol operates and neonox like any other ticketing platform you know you put in your phone and email and pay with your debit card but on the back end the tech enables all these interesting features that are seemingly only possible through nfts um which there's a lot of layers to that can you talk to some of those benefits that the nft tech gives over normal ticketing platforms um sure yeah so one the implementation of of smart contracts into the ticket right um which opens up a wide array of of things that you can do um but one of which is token gating which we'll get into a little bit later um and then also um the nfts themselves are transferred from from a wallet to a wallet um so you have this kind of this real asset that you're holding is not just like a qr code right so um, once you buy a ticket, you're holding this this ticket. It's it's full yours to do whatever you want with. Um, and and then it's you know turned into an NFT afterwards, which is a, a collectible that you can also do whatever you want with. Um, but you can sell that ticket, um, and then all those things are happen happening on the blockchain in a secure place that's you know all all recorded on the ledger. Um, so so that transparency you know also ensures the authenticity um of those tickets um plus is there there's also the um I think those are those are really the two main two main things right is is the ability to engage with with ticket buyers after the fact in in smart ways um and automate those ways and then also um ensuring ensuring transparency and security that's what we preach about everything um and then like web three itself kind of encourages giving some of the control back to the users. Right. So um, in keeping that fashion, that FT ticket is, is facilitating that too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, some of that stuff seemingly like could be done without a blockchain. Like for example, the like engagement post-show engagement stuff, there are a lot of cool ways I've heard where, you know, you can airdrop interesting promotional material or like videos from the band or something after the show to people's wallets because you know where they're holding the ticket. But you could just do that with email. Seemingly, you could, you know, thank your fans who bought their tickets through an email and send them, you know, a discount code to the next concert or, you know, a video from the band. But no one does that right now. And I'm curious, like, why isn't that a thing right now? And why do NFTs make that a more, like, realistic possibility? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good question. Um, and ultimately, I think to sum up what you're saying is, like, you can come up with creative ways to facilitate that, right? Whether that's through email. Um, but automating that process and kind of tying that in, um, as well as, like, ensuring that, you know, people aren't necessarily going to go and share that, right? Like if it's a video that gets emailed, there's not a, not a ton of security you can put behind that outside of maybe password protecting like a, a one page on your site that that has that, right? And then you give the password, but then that's still like something somebody can share um, versus 
having this like tangible receipt, this asset, the NFT within your wallet, um, and then using that as the access point. So you can't even access that page unless you have this wallet that has this NFT in it. Um, so I think it's it's a better way of facilitating that. But we also like somebody somebody could do what you're doing um, and it would work fine because we we trust 99 percent of the ticket buyers that man, most people aren't trying to maliciously take advantage of you. But there are those people um, and NFT does, you know, help with that. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. That sort of goes back to the whole token gating aspect that. Uh, yeah. And then the security, like with scamming and stuff like that, people can still get creative and scam you. Like somebody could could print a fake QR code and, and make a fake ticket and sell that to someone that's unsuspecting. We still have to educate those ticket buyers, right? That like the only way to ensure the authenticity is to to buy it through our system, right? Um, so so regardless, it's not it's not perfect, right? You still have to rely on certain things, and I think education is a huge piece of that, um, and and the language you're using and how you're addressing your uh, your ticket buyers. So so bringing this new technology with these new advantages, that's been a huge thing for Neon Ox is educating the ticket buyers, educating the event organizers, and also supplying some resources to them um, to make that easy for them, right? Because like some people aren't aren't necessarily super interested in that portion of it. Um, and so they're not going to take the time to go and write all this up on their own. They're just going to put their event on sale if they're interested in it enough, right? Um, and then the ticket buyers may suffer. They may still get scammed, even though like all they needed to do was necessarily address that. Right. So. Right. Yeah. You can't ever really uh, completely get rid of the social engineering scams of people like willingly giving up their information or buying stuff yeah. that's fake without looking to authenticate it. But if you're exactly. using neon ox as your sole ticket provider, you just have to make sure that everyone who knows that they're cut, let's say it's a venue, everyone that knows that if they're buying tickets to that venue, you buy them on Neon Ox, they're 100% trusted. If you buy them anywhere yep. else, they're definitely fake. They're 100% not trusted. Exactly. It's right. like it's no ifs, ands, or buts, right? So, um, so it, yeah, it enables us to to further um, ensure that, that we're pushing that security aspect of it outside of just the technology, right? So our company is also pushing the knowledge base. Um, yeah. Would you say... Pushing that knowledge base is one of the keys to get people to adopt it. Like, I think people who already know the application, like all of the applications of NFT ticketing, obviously understand it's kind of better for everyone involved. But right. I guess is education, I think, one of your keys in finding people to use the platform? Yeah. Yeah, I would say education has been... Um, at least in the past couple months for us, um, a, a pivotal thing as far as like how we're developing the company. Um, and, and one of the big things was it took a couple months for us to kind of gather data from our um, the clients we've onboarded, the ticket buyers themselves through all the customer service, you know, stuff that we've gotten. Right. And then kind of analyzing what all of those problems were and what patterns we were seeing. We realized that the majority of it was just stuff that people didn't necessarily know um, that was major features about our platform that like we're just completely getting overseen, whether it was was the ticket buyer or the event organizer, right? So immediately we ramped up the onboarding process with the event organizer and, and changed how many 
you know, sessions we do with them and how we educate them, what resources are given to them. Um, and right now we're, we're developing a more, a more integrated solution for that. That is, is like a training program. Um, that's something you can go back to that you have like a little bit of, um, more engaging kind of things to deal with there. So, um, it's not just like, we even cut it down to 30 minutes because talking about NFT and all these new things for some people is pretty exhausting. Um, so, so a lot of an, analyzing our process and improving it and honing it just based on what we found uh, was common with, with people and onboarding them. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's huge for adoption. Like nobody, nobody's super into um Except for except for the enthusiasts, nobody's super into the idea of NFT, especially right now. Um, you know, artists are are really into it. Um, people with any sort of you know bl blockchain background or or crypto background are super into the idea. But outside of that, um, NFT has kind of built a certain reputation for itself over the past couple of years since it kind of the bubble popped. I would say, right? Um, a lot of people are holding these kind of worthless things now that they were promised you know 10xing their money on or whatever um and that's been tough i think for for people in the industry with real utility use cases for nft um to to also battle the the kind of press wave or or that reluctancy to adopt the tech um so so yeah i mean it's a psychological game we're playing too as far as how we approach those people once again, further talking about Get's approach, right, of it being under the hood, get people using it and engaging with it. And then when they find out NFT is what's facilitating what they like about it, you can start to kind of change their mind a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. That makes sense. I feel like in the last year, the sort of big news lines that everyone heard about nfts that weren't like really involved were just you know how much these board apes are selling for that are just some stupid you know quote unquote stupid jpeg and then all these scams that you know people are running these empty projects that turn into nothing right. and make a million dollars and take off with it and a lot of people and i feel like there's sort of like a tech bro sort of culture around some of it, especially like yeah. the flipping aspect that most people hear about. And I've just talked to people who, you know, have a bad taste in their mouth towards it because they mostly because they don't understand all the interesting use cases that are going on in sort of the more niche areas. Um, right. But yeah, you know, you sort of have to, it's a, it's an education process. And once you, once you really get it, um, you know, you can see a lot of potential. Did did you or anyone with Neonox have a background in crypto or Web3 or anything that made you want to adopt the GET protocol tech? Yeah, actually. So um I've been I've been active in the crypto market for about six years. Um and Joe, uh, one of our managing partners, um, he's also been active for maybe about four or five years in the crypto scene. Um, and both of us have an, an array of experience, but Joe, Joe did a lot of like Bitcoin mining and stuff like that. Um, and I helped him with that. So we had sort of a, a tech hardware background there. Um, and, and then I, I did a lot of trading, um, and some education behind that as well, which is, that's really helped with explaining stuff to, to new clients and, and all of that. Right. Because I've done, 
tons of wallet transfers and, and used all of the platforms, whether it's for NFT or just wallets in general or whatever, right? So um, having some experience teaching there has, has helped a lot. Um, outside of that, I hadn't had much NFT uh, exposure, mostly because of that, that kind of negative um, opinion. I never like I was more into less risky things. And so like when I was, was hearing all these things about NFT, um, I kind of just watched it happen. Right. And just like Michael Jackson eating popcorn. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and and yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of people get burned and I was like, yep, that's what I expected to happen. And um, and then I started seeing like more more applications for NFT after um, hearing about like distribution you know, NFT has a utility and distribution globally and um, how that has some major advantages that kind of piqued my interest a little bit more looking at. Like music that, distribution? Um, actually, this in this instance, it was wine um, from a manufacturer. Um, and then, you know, it gets, it was recorded across different um, points in the, you know, the logistic <laughs> line, whatever. Um, and and I thought that was pretty cool. And I started just thinking about its applications in military and where that could end up, like where could it end up getting used, whether it was like for energy, for like um, different, like there's a Web3 application basically for, for energy where you can sell your um, excess like solar energy, for instance, on, on a private grid that like um, you can make all of the profit on. Um, so just little things like that were super interesting. Once I started seeing these different projects, um, it piqued my interest a little bit more as far as what what NFT could be used for. Um, and I still didn't know much about it then, right? And I, it wasn't until really looking at this product um, that I I learned a lot more about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got it's going to have a bright future. We know that we're still super early when it comes to NFT. Um, Cause like people don't even, people still don't really understand it unless they're, they're heavily involved in the, in the world. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, there's only like 2 million active wallets on OpenSea, or maybe 2 million, 2 million that have ever been created. Like that's nothing in terms of <laughs> yeah. like the amount of impact <laughs> that this can have on, you know, music and entertainment. And there's, I mean, there's so many use cases, it's not even worth going over all of them, but you know, real estate supply chain, the list goes on. Um, yep. Yeah. Real estate. But yeah, like, yeah, but like that's, I mean, those interesting use cases specifically around music and entertainment are why I am doing this podcast in the first place. Really. It's like, I got into the whole thing working for my dad and trying to figure out how to start a business. And after a few months realized that a lot of these projects were the same in terms of like metaverse utility and airdrops right. and stuff. And then, then I really started seeing how the tech can facilitate like a deeper connection with musicians and artists. And it can help create independent musicians and artists to monetize their content and have a more direct relationship with their fans and cut out the middlemen and, you know, give power back to the little guy sort of, and, and cut out all the, politics and gatekeeping <laughs> that happens in music right. um and that's, then you know it's a good talking point if you want to dive into that yeah sure what comes to mind there well that's that's been a big thing right so i've, I've talked to a ton of people that want to get involved in that space and my background as well as soul who works for neon ox um i'm actually a music producer as well um i've been doing this for a long time i, I produce a, 
a bunch of different artists as well. And so like licensing regarding releases is a big part of like my life. Um, and while, while I see the major advantages, I also have this like this back thought of like concern um, regarding the licensing there, mostly because of my experience with that and all the streaming platforms and how you engage with your audience. Um, one, to be able to, to really release independently is something that definitely has to be built over time. Um, to like those streaming platforms, Spotify, um, what else you got? You have SoundCloud and stuff like that, right? Which you could upload probably to SoundCloud. Um, the whole thing is like, if you go NFT with the music, you're kind of like removing yourself from that pool of listening, which is like playlists on Spotify is, is huge for like, like I get the majority of my, my plays and my reach on Spotify over everything else. Um, and they also pay pretty decently for that. Um, so, so yeah, you got to split a little bit with like the, maybe the distributor, maybe with a label. Um, and you've got a certain, certain percentage of royalties due to you, but also that, that track's getting um, registered, right? Whether it's through your your IPI number with ASCAP or BMI, um, and then if somebody's using can I that, pause you there? Your yeah, your yeah. IPI number with ASCAP and BMI. I'm sure there will be some people listening who don't know what any of yeah. that is. So if you could explain sure. a little bit, that's basically your like your track ID within the the registration world, right? So like when you when you do register the track. Um, you have you have an IPI number, whether it's it's through those two organizations I just mentioned. Um, and and that's how you essentially would get paid or track your track in the digital world. Right. So like when somebody is to to upload that or use that information, whether it's in a video, um, then then you can get paid for that. Right. So that's a way of ensuring your your licensing on your track. Um, which is a piece of of the NFT portion of this that hasn't been figured out yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a similar debate to the like just screenshotting an NFT, right? Like when you could when you upload this music as an NFT, one of the big problems I see as an artist is is how do I how do I one still address that market, that major, major market of people listening on on non-NFT streaming platforms, right? How is an NFT streaming platform going to disrupt the industry, right? Because for that, for you to really be able to engage with the most amount of people, that also has to happen. Um, so, so that's one of the issues. And then, um, and then, yeah, tracking reusage of that, right? Whether it's, it's through, um, you know, public publications or something like that, or other people playing your music and it getting recorded in a live set or something. And, um, you know, what, what portion of the NFT is going to help to, to make sure that those, those artists are still getting their intellectual property payment. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of issues with tracking the IP and, and the licensing and who's owed what money and, theoretically nfts and smart contracts can solve that if everything could be automated automated on chain but we're just so far away right. from that that sort of adding this layer i was actually reading about this today in some water and music articles um if you know what that company is i don't actually they are a music and tech research dow 
So they have an NFT project that's like part of the membership um, okay. and they do like collaborative research on music and technology in the intersection. And so it's been a lot of NFT and Web3 stuff recently. Okay. And I was reading about all the issues with adding NFTs to like the rights distributions for, let's say the NFT gives you, you know, 1% of the streaming royalties or 1% of the master rights. Like there's already so many other players who have some of those rights and just adding an NFT to sort of claim that you own part of it doesn't really do that much because everything to enforce that and like deliver the utility that they're promising is all done off chain. And it's right. And in analyzing a lot of these early NFT projects and contracts associated with them, they found that a lot of the language is really unclear and it's really hard to both enforce and deliver on the sort of promises that you're talking about in terms of streaming royalties and licensing and all that stuff. So it's, uh, you know, the potential's there, but it's so complicated right now that that's what I maybe think. that's not the best use case right now. Like, I feel like right. artists right. who are really having success are selling NFTs at, for, of their songs as like a collectible or, you know, it gives access to the artist and stuff like that, as opposed to, you know, it tracks all the streaming. Um, that's, I think that's that, exactly right. Like maybe the token gating. Um of of that nft as as a way to engage your audience similar to the ticket right similar to however else like whatever you wanted to use all you could do all of those things use it use the tickets and then that engages certain products for you maybe you you have art an art nft or something from one of the releases and that opens up some art options or whatever right um maybe you're getting private viewing or a meet and greet access or um you know the artist themselves can can be creative there and there's a there's a million options when it comes to token gaining so i do think it works great within the music world for that um i just think like you said it's not quite there as far as licensing quite yet and how that's going to play with the current structure right because like like what we're doing with ticketing we're coming in and trying to disrupt but also while like quietly doing so right offering something that's very similar and plays plays that same game they're used to right um so how is how are people within the music industry trying to develop these these blockchain products or nft products for that how are they going to do the same thing right are they going to maybe it's going to be through some sort of a contract with with ipi right where those smart contracts somehow get tied that contract address for that specific release is is tied to an ipi um and that that just kind of that it would involve some sort of a partnership with those um, those current licensing things. Cause that's, there's a lot of legal involved, right? Especially once you start talking about, you know, non-independent like artists and, and you know, reaching major volume with that. And and how how are we ensuring that those artists are, are still like, like there's a huge people riding that coat or a huge amount of people riding that coattail of those major artists that need to get paid. And it's all because of that it's all because of the ipi and like the way things are registered and so um so that's that's the big crux <laughs> i could talk your ear off about that one because it's been a it's been a big conversation starter um in my world and a lot of people have hit me up wanting me to do an nft release and i'm always like asking these questions and they seem they seem like unanswered right now right 
Yeah, definitely. Um, those are the more complicated, I think, use cases that, yeah, you know, for bigger artists, there's so many people involved in the rights of their music that adding NFTs to the mix is, is overcomplicated right now, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, going back to ticketing, like, do you think that eventually some of these bigger players like Ticketmaster or Eventbrite, for example, will look to integrate nft technology or do you think it's going to be companies like you sort of disrupting and taking over um they will 100 integrate it because they're not going to just roll over um and if they see the interest then they're they're going to go with that which like mark cuban is using it right for sports teams and stuff like that and um there's definitely adoption in the world happening um and Ticketmaster's already like gone digital with most of their stuff, like they're, they're set up and how they're doing things. I, I don't buy from Ticketmaster often, uh, but I actually just recently did. And their whole process is, is pretty similar to ours now, um, which is really interesting to see. Right. And that's, that's ultimately helping us too, because I think getting people more used to this less mobile centric um, way of, of getting your ticket and presenting your ticket and all of those things. Um, that's been a big, a big pain point for ticket buyers is like, telling them to download an app, right? Um, which which comes back to the language and the education, like how you approach those people. If they don't know when they get to your gate that they're going to have to download an app, regardless of like who they are. Some people are just going to be like, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, can I just get in? Like, can you just look me up or whatever, right? Which we can, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's ultimately helping us because people are more used to it. They see like, big 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 players in the industry Ticketmaster being like the biggest right doing these same type of things so whether or not they're using nft right now to do that um i know some of the other less large you know not as big as Ticketmaster, but some of them are also looking at smart contract like plugins and things like that that are optional um but yeah i mean if there's like like the token gating is going to be a big piece of it um for sure the collectible part of it, once um, once we roll out the ability to um, put put limited NFTs on like VIP tickets, for instance, um, that's kind of a new, fun, engaging piece of the NFT like portion of it. Um, and the collectible part of it is like, well, also encouraging people to buy a more expensive ticket, you know, encouraging that upsell with this asset. That's just the NFT, right? That you get. Uh, but that extra piece pushes the upsell further, right? Which I think is is big. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's also cool, you know, but people like to talk revenue and it's definitely a revenue builder um, too, so. Yeah, that's an interesting point I hadn't thought about. I mean, the whole digital collectible aspect of the NFTs is definitely one of the main parts of NFT ticketing, one of the big sales because, you know, people always used to love collecting hard copies. Like when I was a promoter in college, dishing out hard copy tickets, I would collect all the ones that I went to. But right. now, you know, no one cares about the QR code you have on Eventbrite or Ticketmaster that just sits in your like past events tab. Um, <laughs> right. But, yeah, like people, you know, Ticketmaster. wristbands, you know yeah, what I mean? Still, right. Um, some people never take them off too. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you see, you see those works at the end of the summer with you know twenty wristbands the on each arm. <laughs> Festival champions. Um, and Ticketmaster charges you like eight bucks to print out your ticket, which is I know, yeah, that type of stuff that is so irritating. Um, 
But I was saying, I think it, it, it's cool. That is a good point. How the co- digital collectability of it, because you can turn an NFT ticket into like a piece of art or a piece of, you know, cool digital digital art really and that could be sort of an upsell for using it um and you know paying a little bit more for a ticket right yep totally um another thing i i really want to dive into in terms of the nft ticketing is the secondary market um because the current secondary market for tickets is is so broken in so many ways and that i think is one of the most exciting parts of nft ticketing where like right now a lot of times i'll buy or sell tickets on the secondary market and the only way to really do it i mean i guess people use stubhub and there's some other platforms that are not very well known for that are meant to sell tickets on a secondary market but most of what people do is you know they post in for example the dmv edm ticket exchange and they'll say like i'm looking for a ticket to this sold out show you know you scroll through you know five or ten posts about the show hopefully you message six people you hope one of them (laughs) responds and then you know once you say that you're interested and you agree on a price after going back and forth then you send them the money on like venmo and then you got to hope that they actually send you the ticket afterwards and it's it's such an annoying process and with nfts you know you just go to the event page you're like oh there's one for sale bang bought it it's trusted you're good yeah Um, yeah i mean you touched on a few major issues right that nfts is solving there right which is like the authenticity of that ticket right um also the ease of of sale right so like for whoever's selling it not having to go and post it and monitor the that post or whatever right the person buying it you know the the inventory itself knowing that it's still available right like some some people update it and say it's sold some people don't um and so you don't know if you're like messaging someone that doesn't have a ticket or whatever right but but being able to to avoid all of that entirely also right which is like somebody that is trying to do that they went to the event page they saw it was sold out and there were no more tickets available right then they're like okay let me go see if i can find someone selling one right all of that with with our our platform is completely avoided right you you show up at the event page and if someone has a ticket for sale it shows for sale right it says the the thing is still sold out but there's these people trying to sell their ticket right um so you never even get to that point which we love right um yeah, so I mean, it's ultimately <laughs> it's the best way to do it. Um, you've also got a smart contract, right? Which then you can you can automate in in particular ways. Which the way we pretty much decided to do that is um, being able to decide what portion on the resale the event organizer can get, right? So that that technology itself is evolving, um, and you know we're gonna have some new features there, but but right now. You know, we don't we don't encourage selling much more than than the face value um just because we're trying to encourage this kind of fair market um but in the instance that you want to kind of turn that off and then have this kind of supply and demand market like a more free market where people could charge more um then you can you know charge a certain percentage of that as a fee um maybe it's 50 percent right the event organizer gets gets half of that additional price right um but 
that's not ideal for the ticket buyer, right? Because then you've got people buying it for more than than it is. Um, so it's just two kind of like areas of thought, but the technology can facilitate either one of those um, because of smart contracts. Yeah, definitely. I mean, eventually as the tech develops, like would there be the possibility of like you can take just 20% of the profit on a ticket so that like, you know, if someone sells a ticket for 10 more than they bought it, they're like not losing money. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, that's that's the idea of basically the the implementation that I think we're gonna we're gonna see in quarter one of next year. Um, but that that's the big piece there, right? Is like percentage earnings on on a marked up ticket, right? Right. We don't want to. We don't really want to charge people on a resale. Like we can charge a small fee for that. I think that's understandable, right? Like maybe it's a couple bucks because there's there's facilitation there right and there's a new um that ticket has to be sent and that costs money on the blockchain right um there needs to be a new little portion of get that's loaded onto that new that new ticket buyer's wallet you know what i mean so there are there are some costs inherently that i think you should charge for um, and, and get is the inherent token of the get protocol that you're licensing right Yes, exactly. Um, um, it facilitates pretty much all of the the transactions um, and any sort of engagement that you have with that NFT. Mm-hmm. So, is Get just a token built on the Ethereum blockchain, or is it on Polygon? Like, give me a sort of quick overview of how the protocol works on the back end. Yeah, it is. It is actually on Polygon. Um, they were on F before that, and you know, F or Polygon's a, a bridge there, right? So, um, they are also looking at other options for blockchains this in the future that may provide cheaper transactions or quicker ones or whatever, right? But Polygon, Polygon itself is great, um, it's cheap and quick, which is why they ended up, you know, using Polygon, um. But yeah, I mean the the get token itself is the utility there, um, and and like I said, it's facilitating all those transactions, um, and and that's also kind of fueling the the token environment and the ecosystem there, right? And and trying to use those that, that utility to drive the uh, the price up or um, you know engage with the the people that are engaging within within that that community the get community itself is is growing like wildfire too uh-huh yeah that's cool um i think yeah i can see the community continue to grow as hopefully more people begin to adopt the nft tech for ticketing because it seems like right. it is just a better user experience and the user on both ends of the of the ticket experience you know the user being the event organizer, a venue, whoever's selling the tickets, and the user being the ticket buyer. I mean, it's all trustless. It's all automated. It's all, uh, you know, it's just a better experience, I think. Um, although, why can't, like, why couldn't, for example, I mean, Ticketmaster has some secondary market tickets occasionally. It's like event to event. They sort of decide who gets to have a secondary market. But is it just not 
possible to run an automated secondary market where like there's a kickback to the event organizer on resales? Um, it's not impossible, but again, like the NFT utility portion of it is, is the part that it all comes back to, right? So one, we've got the rotating QRs, right? So you can't just like take a screenshot of the QR and then go sell it on StubHub, which if, if you're doing it on some sort of other thing like Ticketmaster, like people can still do that and they can still sell a real ticket within another area, right? You could find like a plugin or or I've seen people like partner, right? And they just put on their like event description a link to like where tickets are being resold and it's just another website but they created that account, right? So they have control over the ticket sales there. But again, nothing restricting people from going elsewhere to sell their ticket where they're not being restricted, right? So um, that also, you know, bots then like on a big, big event, bots buy up tickets and then just go post it all right on StubHub, right? So um, nothing that there's nothing there restricting you from that. Um, one of the things we do outside of just the rotating QRs is like mobile confirmation, right? So, so bots, you have to have a cell phone to buy a ticket within the neon ox, which also, you know, it plays into the wallet and the kind of how you're trading stuff or you're giving your ticket to other guests that you're bringing or whatever. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean that, that QR code, um, the confirmation of, of mobile phone number keeps a lot of people from, from being able to, to get a bunch of tickets that they're not interested in actually holding or not actually interested in going to the event, right? Just trying to take advantage of the resale market. Um, yeah, so we've got basically two levels of attack there. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. The bots can't buy up all the tickets. And then, yeah, if you're doing a secondary market, even through something like Ticketmaster, you can still just screenshot a QR code and exactly. because it's not a real digital asset and then people could get scammed and you you know it sort of ties back into all the problems that we were right. already talking about. Right, which you're not impervious to by using NFT. You just are you have a much better basis of of controlling that, right? Right. Yeah. So do you think it all comes back to education in terms of like why more and more venues and event organizers aren't adopting this technology? Like as an event organizer myself, once I discovered Neon Ox and what NFT ticketing can do, immediately I was like, all right, this is way better than anything that is going on right now in ticketing. Like this is the better option. Do you think it's just education? Yeah, it's definitely education. Um, I think that's the the biggest piece. It's not it's not all of the additional bells and whistles, but the basic education of why it's why it's a better option, right? And and what you're actually getting and, and how NFT is is facilitating that. Um, because other than that, like if you don't get people to understand that, there's a lot of changes to the way that they're doing things and, and people are not just generally super open to that. Um, and then everybody's got a different level of of knowledge when it comes to technology. Um, so the education for for one might be fine and then you know you got to dive much much deeper to get this other person to understand those those benefits right because they just like they don't even understand why people are using email or like their clientele doesn't have cell phones right like these these things still exist which is which is wild but we definitely because of such a wide array of clients we've worked with we see 
all of these things, which has been huge for us learning how to get this this technology to be adoptable by by everybody, right? Which is what adoption is, not just like enthusiasts like us loving the technology, right? We need people that that might hate it to be okay with using it, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that makes sense in terms of, you know, clients you already have, you need to educate them a little bit to get them to totally understand all the benefits and make the most out of the program. Um, what about in looking for new clients, like new event organizers, venues, whoever it is to, you know, quit whatever ticketing platform they're using and transition to Neon Ox, like, you're not, it's not like you're hold. it's, it's harder to educate someone, I think, who's not already trying to use the platform. So what are your strategies in terms of finding new clients and, you know, competing with all the existing players that have been doing ticketing the traditional way for so long? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I think ultimately that that's, our sales strategy is a big reflection of, of that. And ultimately, um, I'm not interested in like convincing this person who's who's not super interested in nft that that our nft technology is is what they need to be using more or less like figuring out from those people what pain points they're having our our technology the nfts themselves are are still facilitating a ton of major functions and major issues um within the event industry that have been there for a long time right so like we might not talk about the nft much if i ask them i might be like are you familiar with blockchain they're like no what's that and I'm like, all right, well, I know that this conversation is not going in like the NFT direction, right? So, so instead I talk about security. I talk about kind of the financial freedom that we can facilitate by, by letting people have like control of their, their revenue, right? Some of these things might be like Web3 ideas, right? And they don't need to know that, right? Because they're going to be like, what is like Web3? It says some sort of like internet or something, right? So, so yeah, I mean, that's definitely... Um, that's the approach we're taking is like, I read every person. And if I'm going after someone that, um, has no idea about that stuff, then we're just talking about what advantages we have. Um, as far as like inbound leads and people that, that reach out to us, um, and our, our kind of language online, um, we talk a lot about the NFT because those relationships I was talking about prior can be a little problematic. They don't have a ton of interest in NFT. So when they get in there and things are maybe a little bit different and a little harder to use, which it's only harder for people that don't understand any of it, right? Or don't or don't want to engage with the education we're providing, which is also a thing, right? Like if it's over their heads, they're just like, sometimes they can check out during a training session or something, right? We try to notice all those things and work with, with every individual to try to make it work. Uh, but the inbound leads to people that are interested in NFT and the reason we talk about it, it goes much better. They're very interested in the training. Um, they already have a little bit of a background maybe in an in NFT, right? So so while we're doing both, you know, we're ultimately finding more success, you know, targeting and marketing towards a, a specific demographic of, of people within the NFT space, right? There's a lot of people throwing events um, that are, you know, the EDM world itself has been huge. Um, I think that while it's, you know, it's electronic music, so there's a certain level of of tech involved in that, right? And uh, versus like the bluegrass scene, which is a little bit more like anti-establishment and like grassroots, right? So, so we've seen different successes in these different these uh, different industry verticals, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the the NFT tech is, you know, on the back end being used to solve some of the problems with the ticketing industry today. And that's one of the differentiators for Neon Ox. But for someone who's not familiar with blockchain or Web3, you don't need to tell them why it's the blockchain and the NFTs that are doing this and why this is the future. It's just like, look, well, this platform solves this problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and you know you have you have headlines and stuff, right? Like NFT itself is associated with with the crypto market and other things like that. And depending on where the general narrative is on those things, like maybe the SEC is cracking down on like Coinbase guy or whatever, right? That that general kind of opinion carries over into the technology we're bringing, even though it definitely shouldn't. Um, it just inherently does. So. So yeah, I mean, you just got to read people, <laughs> see what see what they're feeling, and and go off of that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it'd be in an ideal world, everyone's maybe not an ideal. Maybe in the future, hopefully, everyone will have some familiarity with it, and you can use the you know people are looking to do more NFT ticketing. But I guess right now it's yeah. it's person to person. Um, but yeah. eventually, I think. Like, you know, you're saying the big players will hopefully start adopting or I don't know if hopefully, but will start adopting the technology as it gets bigger. I think there's a lot of interesting potential for NFTs to change a lot of things on the like marketer and promoter aspect. Like I was talking to an artist uh, who does some NFTs about how once you start doing a bunch of like once nft ticketing is more widely adopted you can analyze people's wallets and see all the events that they can go that they've been to and then right. almost use tracking like that to curate local lineups or book you know co-headliners and stuff like that um have you thought of some of those potentials that could develop as the technology develops more um yeah yeah i have um I think one of the things there, you know, that you touched on is kind of the data surrounding um, the artists and maybe, you know, using it as a utility for for booking agencies, for instance, is is a whole new thing that you're talking about. And I think that comes down to a couple of different things. Right. And that could be um, those NFTs themselves um, on every ticketing platform. Usually there's a way to kind of create a tracking ID, right? Which, which tracks the sales done by um, a particular artist, right? Which is the only real way to get the data that, that you're talking about, right? So that itself could play into, um, you know, those, that NFT thing, right? So maybe there's, there's a particular slug associated with that, um, that page that those artists are sharing. And then that gets attached to the NFT that gets minted by the ticket on that page, which then shows not only the events smart contract or contract ID, but also the artist that sold that ticket. So then now you've got both. You can see which event they went to, but also, you know, of the four artists that were on the lineup, which one of those actually had real pull, right? Even a door pull, which is like kind of an old way of, of figuring this out, has some issues, right? Like maybe, maybe you did buy something from you know my my tracking link right and you show up you still say you're there to, to see the headliner whoever it is right then that door pulls already like kind of skewed data right when in reality 
I sold that ticket. So that's part of my pull, which is what the booking agents, they want to see to see in what markets you have, you know, strong pull, right? Door pull meaning like as let's say an opener on a concert lineup, you're, how many people you're bringing in to the show, how many people you helped sell the tickets to basically. Yep, exactly. Um, which is the only way you can really see, like, because let's say 100 people show up and you're on the lineup, but you're on it with, you know, someone that is a local or whatever the situation, the majority of people are there to see that person. You can't just say, you know, I went and I played in Philly and there were 100 people there. And then that's not that's not real data that a booking agent can use because you might go out and play that same market again and only 10 people show up because, you know, only eight people were actually there to see you at the show. The other, the rest of them were there for the headliner. Right. Um, so that kind of idea is, is something that we're talking about here that NFTs um, could actually facilitate and make sure that, that, that data is real and raw um, and, and plugging all of that into like spreadsheets automatically or whatever, right. For the agents to see like a heat map or um, so that <laughs> we're talking about a, a you know another utility for nft within the music space but that type of that type of application um i think is kind of where where things are heading there um and, and using it for all these other things within the the management space of artists and um the touring and tracking of equipment right and all sorts of stuff within the, the warehouse world for for audio visual dis distributors or production you know what i mean uh go into that a little bit i'm not totally sure what you mean yeah well basically like the same way ticketing is done right now with like qr codes and stuff like that same thing is happening with like barcodes on equipment right so like a major a major distributor let's say prg um they're providing all of the speakers all of the video equipment and projectors even maybe the drivers on the truck right in the same kind of application we were talking about with NFT, um, helping facilitate the tracking of like wine internationally, right? You can track that equipment through a ledger instead of through like a centralized like back platform that could be potentially manipulated or or just completely ignored, right? Or something like that. Um, so again, it's it's a better way of doing it, I would say, but not flawless, right? Like, I don't think anything could potentially ever be flawless. Humans will continue to like be creative and find ways to like <laughs> work the system, but we continue making things better. Um, you know, you, you remove and mitigate a lot of the issues that we see already. So, so that's, you know, another piece of it is, is tracking that production gear. Um, and I think if we like if we look at each piece of what's happening within the industry, we could probably get creative and find a way that an NFT could be used to do it slightly better. Yeah, there I mean, there's already so many use cases for NFTs and and crypto in general in terms of, you know, reorganizing the way things are done. But right. there's almost, you know, if you if you're creative enough, you can sort of figure out a way it, it can apply to almost anything which you know maybe it will eventually it's sort of like the internet like that's sort of one of the comments you hear about uh you know web one versus web two versus web three where you know as the internet was getting developed there you know there were internet companies that were you know people were like <laughs> internet company like that's a crazy thing to do no one's using the internet 
And now there isn't a company that doesn't have an internet presence. And eventually it might be that way with Web3, where every company is using some sort of Web3 technology to facilitate some aspect of the business. Sure. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You've seen that transition already, right? From Web1 to Web2. Um, and if, if things are moving to Web3 already... And it just takes years, right? It takes a lot of time for for everyone to eventually adopt that. But once once people early adopters do, and then the effects of that, the data gets out that you know, oh, people have been utilizing these uh, token gates, right? And all of a sudden, like all these really cool marketing things, and then that starts getting taught in marketing school, and then everybody's doing it, right? Because it's just a piece of what like people are used to. But that takes a lot of time. So I think honestly, in the next like ten years we'll see like most people using web three applications. Yeah. That's, I feel like I've heard that similar timeline and I think I agree with it. Just the way things are always speeding up and changing. Um, How about the future for neon ox? What do you, how do you see the next, you know, five years, 10 years going for, uh, for neon ox and, and your, your guys ticketing and other services? Yeah. um, Well, I hope that, you know, we continue to expand and grow um, and, you know, move in, in a positive direction and see, you know, new new features and things for the NFT ticket um, roll out. And, um, you know, I just hope to, to be an influencer um, in that adoption, right? Like, I think that's the biggest thing is we, we love the technology and I, I see so much potential there. Um, it's really fun to be bringing that to market. Um, especially being one of the first in the United States to do that. Um, while we have people that, that balk at the NFT, we have people that that extremely love it. Um, and that that has been a really cool place to be because before, like I said, with Mission Ticks, we felt like we just had this kind of like run-of-the-mill thing, right? And so people liked it. But we didn't have people that were like ecstatic about it like we do now, right? And that's that's really fun. And I think um, that's ultimately what keeps us going because it, it's gonna it's tough it's tough to bring something new to market right uh, but morale stays up because we have those those clients that are so into it and get so excited about the new stuff right that we're gonna roll out so uh, yeah I mean the future is bright for sure and and we're just gonna help usher in that that new era of tech yeah it's an exciting place to be for sure yeah. um that you know partially why I'm doing this podcast and trying to work with you guys, you know, it's something I believe in and something that I think has a lot of potential and it's exciting to work on for sure. Um, I think as we're sort of wrapping up here, is there anything else you want to touch on any other projects you got going on or, or, you know, interests in Um, in music and web three that we haven't touched on? (laughs) Um, I, I would love to talk more about some of that stuff, but I think I have to save that conversation for for another day, mostly because um, some of it is still developing. But I can say a little bit that I'm I am involved in a couple of other NFT projects um, within like the music space, like we were talking about. That we're still trying to figure out the answer to some of those problems that we talked about. Um, but there will be some, you know, very exciting. Uh, new things that that neonox is going to be involved in that uh in the near future we're going to be able to to talk all about right now it's a little under wraps then a little under wraps right now yeah uh-huh. I've all said right too much already <laughs> <laughs> well uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about it when uh when you start you know relaying that information 
Um, But hey, thanks again for taking the time. I think this is a really interesting conversation and, you know, hopefully we'll do it again because there's, there's always so much to talk about. Oh yeah. We just touched on it. So just, right. just beginning to talk about the, uh, the potential use cases, but uh, yeah, man, really appreciate, you know, you doing this and we love what you got going on. So any sort of involvement we can have, um, we're game. All right. Sounds good, Chris. Thanks again. All right, Jake. See, See ya. you, man. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check the links in the description to learn more about Neonox. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on social media at the Web3 Music Pod on all platforms to keep up with new episodes and announcements. And tune in next week to hear a conversation with Alex Purdy, an independent artist whose creative freedom has truly thrived in Web3.